that reminds me of a story of a man that, you know, and I love to tell stories, you know, yeah. this from when I preach, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there was a man that, that w- w- had asked God for, for the ability to be able to withstand a certain thing. And so he went to, he, 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 he decided that he was going to go to this cabin in the mountains and he was going to really get his mind together and get in tune with God. And so when he got there, there was this big rock and he felt like God told him to move the rock. So every day he was there for a month, he would go out and he would push on that rock. He would push that rock. And and he kept pushing the rock. And after a month, the rock, he had not been able to make the rock budge. And he went back and said, Lord, why did you keep telling me to push the rock? I never were able to move it. And the Lord says, I never told you to move the rock. Mm. I only told you to push the rock. I wanted you to push the rock for the purpose of strengthening you for what I have in store for you when you get back wow. home. See, sometimes we miss the whole point of what God is. Yeah. He's preparing us for greater things than we could ever imagine. Yeah. He can do exceedingly more than we could ever imagine. He will exceed our expectations every time if we just yield to him and allow him to do what he does. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the UR Story Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Huff Jr. And, um, you know, here at the UR Story Podcast, our goal is to have different guests come on where each of them just shares, you know, the stories of their lives, share experiences that they've been through. And just, you know, how the Lord has been working in their lives and stuff like that. And, you know, by hearing their story, it can help you with yours, uh, which just doesn't doesn't just affirm the fact that you're a part of the story, but affirms the fact that you are the story and that it's all due to the glory and the praise of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, it's such a blessing to, you know, be back in the studio. I know the past couple episodes have been uh, online. I did an Instagram live, did a, a Zoom episode as well and stuff like that so it's good to be back in the studio um you know where where it all began so that that's that's what i'm like to hear that's what we that's what we do um and another thing before i introduce our guest i've been thinking about what to call the listeners and everybody who listens because i know there's some other podcasts and other platforms that have like a name for the listeners kind of like a community and i was thinking i was like i'm gonna call us the the storytellers because everybody has a story that has been given to them and is still being written by the Lord. And, you know, he, he wants us to share our stories with the world because there's at least one person that, you know, can take your story and learn from it and grow. And it can even introduce them to Jesus. You know, your testimony may be what is necessary for them to come to Christ. So, you know, I just encourage y'all to be storytellers, to share your experiences and to be authentic and just see what the Lord does with that seed that is planted. But without further ado, I got a special guest for y'all today. Um, this is a guy who I've known for a while now, you know, someone who's definitely, I can see the the spirit of the Lord working through somebody who is just helped me in so much. And, you know, we've been talking for uh, the past hour, just getting to know each other a lot more and diving through stories and stuff like that. And, um, you know, somebody who's definitely helped me, like I said, and, you know, somebody who 
is a, a pastor who has a love for the Lord and, you know, he's just a family man, just, you know, all of the above, just a great man overall. I got my brother, Pastor Bernard, Neil. How you doing, my man? Blessed and highly favored. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and that's that's a good way to start this off. Um, we actually talked about it a little before recording. You know, usually when someone asks you, how are you doing? Your answer is always blessed and highly favored. So I'm interested and curious to know, I guess, where did that come from and what makes you, I guess, what causes you or what inspires you to always have that blessed and highly favored answer when someone asks you, how are you doing? Well, it comes from the fact of knowing just how good God has been to me. That's right. And the fact that, you know, I'm blessed because he woke me up, given me another opportunity to do some great things for him and his name and highly favored because we're all highly favored. We're all highly favored because God found favor in us by sending his son to die for us. So when I tell people I'm blessed and highly favored, it's not just a saying, it's exactly how I feel. Mm-hmm. I just feel wonderful every day that I get up. It's just another day. God gives us new mercies every day. So I don't mm-hmm. need to take anything from yesterday except for what I learned. That's right. And he gave me a clean slate today. So I start off with another clean slate. And if that's not a blessing, I don't know what is. That's right. And, you know, that that is powerful because... um it just goes to show that, you know, I think that shows that, and I think you had, you had mentioned this in one of your sermons too, you know, you start your days with Jesus. Yes. And, you know, that's a reminder that, you know, every day that we're blessed with, you know, and every, every time we're blessed with a new day, uh, it's just something to be, to recognize that we are blessed and highly favored by the Lord. And, you know, I think that's powerful and I'm pretty sure you know, that you've helped so many people with that answer and just with that reality. And it's not something that you just think that you experience for yourself, but that others can experience as well. And so, you know, that is something I definitely noticed uh, every time, you know, we say what's up to each other, say, how are we, how are we doing and stuff like that? So yeah, I do think that's powerful, man. So I, I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate you for being here. You know, I know you're a busy man. You, You were talking about how you shared a message yesterday. Uh, you got another message to share tomorrow. At the time recording this, you got another message to share tomorrow. Two. So, two. Wow. Yes. <laughs> two messages. Yeah, here so. and then back at my own church. <laughs> so, yes, I, I just appreciate you taking the time out to be here, man. I, I know that whoever's listening, you know, they'll be blessed by this episode in some way, form or fashion. Um, but uh, something I like to do is I like to remember when and how I met people. And I usually do that on every say that on every episode. Um, and so I don't remember exactly when we first officially met, but I do remember um, one Sunday you were uh, Pastor Brian had introduced you and you were called to preach and stuff. I don't, I don't remember the first I don't remember exactly what the sermon was on, but I do remember that it was you were such a. I don't want to say charismatic, but I, we were on the phone the other day and you were saying that when I gave my sermon, I was kind of like a calm hype, but you're more of like a hype hype. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just, you have that ability to keep everybody engaged. Um, and, you know, we were talking about it earlier as well, make it understandable. So it's not, you know, too, too deep to where, you know, everybody gets lost. And so you have like a perfect blend of just, 
the hype and then the understanding of the word and then making it understandable to whoever's listening. And so I, I guess my first question to you is, you know, where does that style of preaching come from? Is it something that you is just natural or is it something that you kind of had to think about? Because when I when I gave my first sermon, I was interested in seeing what my um, demeanor would be up there. And so how how did you get to that preaching style that you have right now? Hey, that's a great question. And and thank you so much. Giving God the glory for that, because yeah. it's nothing that I did. But that's I right. think the main thing and I'm still developing somewhat of a style or, or method. I think I'm always open to new things, but mainly I just want to be me. Mm-hmm. People can understand you better and they appreciate you more when you're just being yourself. That's right. You know, I don't pronounce every word correctly my wife gets on me all the time (laughs) you know my diction is not always perfect you know but I am who I am that's right and who I am in the Lord the biggest thing that I like to do is I'm excited about Jesus and I think if you're excited it ought to show you know too many times you know you can't just say it and it not show up evident in the things that you do, you know, just like when I tell people I'm blessed and highly favored, it's not like I'm blessed and highly favored. It's like, I'm blessed and highly favored. It should show in what you do and the way you do it. And my thing, I love preaching for the Lord. It excites me to be able to tell somebody about Jesus and to tell them how good he really is. And, you know, people don't remember who you are they remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And when you can make people feel special and feel good about who they are, or at least feel good maybe about who you are, yeah. then you, you've you done something that, that carries for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it makes people feel good. I can say I'm blessed and highly favored to someone we're just passing, and they will stop, and all of a sudden we'll have a conversation. And it's because I say it with the conviction of who I am. Yeah. Yeah, that that is true. You know, me and my cousin were actually having a conversation a while ago, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, why do so many people like to go to Chick-fil-A? And it's because their customer service in comparison to a lot of the other fast food chains is unmatched. You know, they're, they're kind. Me and my dad actually went there the other day and, you know, the customer service was just so good. We were having conversations and stuff like that. And, you know, they always make sure to say my pleasure, you know, whether it's authentic or not, you know, it still makes you feel good regardless. And so that is definitely true. Um, and a, a lot of your sermons and the ones that I've heard you preach, you know, they've always given, me personally a good feeling and I'm sure it's given the congregation a good feeling as well and like you were saying not necessarily because of you but because of your desire to share Jesus and when you see somebody who is passionate about something you know it I think that definitely makes you feel it you know in a different way and so yeah just thank you for that but uh you know I know you were saying that you know it, it's kind of like about how you make them feel more than about who you are. But, you know, my other question to you is on the other side of that, who is Bernard Neal? <laughs> Great question. You know, Bernard Neal is just a regular 
guy that would be next door to you. One that yeah. really loves God, one that doesn't mind sharing things that he have. And, and, you know, when you love God, you love his people. And that's where it all starts. And that's who I am. You know, I am a, a guy that grew up in a certain way. And but the one that we didn't have a lot, but what we did have was a lot of love. Mm-hmm. And that made a big difference. And I want to share that with others and want to see people happy. It's nothing like seeing people happy. Seeing people feel good about who they are, regardless of the situation. And we all have that ability to do that. Bernard Neal is just that guy that that's an extension of that same next-door neighbor that, you know, will help you if he can. But he also is that next-door neighbor that will keep it real with you. Yeah. You know, and I think that it's nothing special about me. I, I've not – I don't think I'm – any better than anybody else. And that's probably what also makes me a little bit uh, more real is I feel like I've got as many faults as everybody else, but God loved me so much that in spite of my faults, Mm -hmm. he still loves me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I tell people all the time, in spite of me, Mm -hmm. God is still blessing me. And that is a good thing. So, I mean, that that's just who I think, or when I think of myself in general, you know, and, and of course my background and everything else helps, you know, mold you into the person that you are. But yeah. I tell people all the time, it's still, you still have the choice. We're the only creatures that God gave a choice to. Mm-hmm. And in that we have a choice of how we want to do things. Mm-hmm. If we want to do things for right, for good, or if we want to do it for bad, it, yeah. you know, we still have a choice. And my choice is always to try my best to do it right. Do I get it right all the time? By no means. <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to try, and yeah. it's not going to make me stop trying. You know, yeah. matter of fact, if I didn't get it right, that just means I got to try again. That's right, yep. Yeah, and um, what what you just said, that that's something I tell my brothers, too. Um, you know, and I, I've... I've written it down before, um, not in a blog, but just kind of just when I'm writing on the regular and stuff like that. Um, you know, something I said was that our childhood, our experiences, our environment and stuff like that, you know, it is sort of like presents a choice. And, you know, obviously throughout life, you know, even as you get older, you'll still have choices and stuff like that. But I think that initial childhood and that experience and, you know, being the sponge that you are as a child, you know, it ultimately presents a choice, you know, are you going to continue the principles and stuff that you were taught and were poured into you at a young age? Or are you going to, you know, turn from it, whether it is good or bad, you know, um, ju- just because you are from somewhere doesn't necessarily mean you're going to turn out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you came from a, a bad environment or bad experiences, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, you know, conform to that or, you know, stay with that. You can always make another choice. Or even if you came from a really good neighborhood, you know, (laughs) gated community, you know, everything (laughs) like that and stuff like that, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, you know, you're you're still going to have a choice whether you want to make good choices or bad choices and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you're 100% right with that. And, you know, it's... It's good to see that, you know, somebody who is obviously we're human, we're not perfect, we're not going to always make the right choice, but it's always good to at least have that Holy Spirit and 
helped us to discern, you know, whether which way we should go and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that that that's what's up, man. I'm that that's that's awesome. Um, so kind of diving into some of those experiences and, you know, you coming up and stuff like that. Um, is that something that that neighbor, that neighbor mindset, you know, I'm just like a neighbor. I'm just like the guy that's, you know, beside your house and stuff like that. Is that something that you learned as a child and you kind of built upon that and that was like a foundation or is it something that you just learned along the way or that didn't really hit you until you got a little bit older? You know, how did you come to that mentality and mindset and how did Bernard Neal become that neighbor? Well, that's a great question. You know, it, it, it goes back to the very beginning, early the early years. I am an, originally from Charlotte, and I grew up in a part of Charlotte called Brooklyn. Well, mm. Brooklyn was considered a black Wall Street of Charlotte. Very self-contained. You know, it was the biggest community of blacks yeah. in the South, mm. or in, at least in North and South Carolina. Yeah. And Brooklyn was uh, demolished back in the 60s for what they called urban renewal. And um, but in Brooklyn, you had everything you needed. You had all of your own stores. You had the bank. You had the school. You had high school, elementary. You even had a college that was in the basement of Second Ward High School. You even had your own funeral homes. You had everything you needed there in the community. And and it was always about community helping each other. Yeah, we always helped each other. And my grandmother, she ran a boarding house. My grandmother was part Cherokee, and so um, her family or her great-grandmother was one of the first to go outside the Indian tribe and get married, and it it caused a lot of rifts and stuff like that. But but she always taught us to, you know, be well-grounded in our beliefs and to always be kind and giving. And so it goes back to that, and then we left Brooklyn and— uh, when it was demolished, my grandmother, as a matter of fact, ran the boarding house in Brooklyn, which was very prominent because what happened before they build a hotel for blacks to stay in, when people like Dr. King and those would come to town, yeah. our boarding house was a place that a lot of them stayed. And so we were very well off at that time. And then we moved. Uh, of course, we were forced out like so many others. And we were moved out to the west side of Charlotte and we became we lived there for a while. And we went from being probably one of the more well off families to probably one of the more poorest families. Mm -hmm. And I do say poor because there's a difference between poor and broke. Mm -hmm. Poor is a state of mind. Broke is a temporary condition. Mm -hmm. And we were poor. It was a state of mind for us. And and I can remember if it wasn't for my aunt next door, we had no lights or running water for a couple of years after my grandfather died. Before my grandfather died, we were living like large. Yeah. <laughs> my grandfather died and it was just my brother and I, my mom, and my grandmother. And so I seen everything out of our house be pawned just to try to make rent. And eventually we were evicted. But I can remember borrowing things from our neighbors, you know, water, you know, we yeah. we would borrow water and fill up the bathtub and stuff like that to use that water for cooking, cleaning, washing, flushing the toilet, stuff you, you yeah. never think about. That um, and in doing that, it made me realize just how valuable having good neighbors were 
And so mm-hmm. I learned that at an early age that, yeah. you know, if it wasn't for good neighbors and people looking out for you, we all going to go through some hardship. But when we got people that are nice and can come together, it's like if you were here doing Hurricane Hugo. If Hurricane Hugo did one thing, it brought the communities together. Everybody pulled together. They, you know, they became closer than close. And, you know, lately we've all kind of departed and and divided and we're now further apart than we've ever been. You know, uh, uh, again, that's out of the choices that we've made. Not because we had to, but because we just decided that we want, chose to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think this is something that happened to me overnight. No, it was a foundation that was planted in me from the very beginning to uh, be that loving, caring person. And as you hear some of the older generation say, I had a praying grandmother mm-hmm. that prayed that I would turn out to be the type of man that I am, one that gives, one that loves, and one that cares about his brother and sister because I am my brother's keeper. Yeah. Yeah, and that that is like the kind of like the epitome of, you know, when we're told or when we're asked, you know, who is who is my neighbor? Um, you know, it's our brothers and sisters, you know, we're 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 called to look after one another and you know just hearing that and just hearing how you know like you were saying that neighbor was there for you and you know even looking in the bible you see the the good the story of we all, we all know the good the story of the good samaritan and how you know a few of the people they just walked by but the good samaritan somebody who they didn't expect the people that were listening to Jesus sharing this parable you know, it, they wouldn't have necessarily expected a Samaritan to be the one to exactly be, be the good one in that situation. Right. And, and so just hearing that and just seeing how, you know, you, you took that foundation and it became like a foundation of a of your personality and how you're now using it to help others and to, you know, just uh, help bless others as well and stuff like that. That, that just goes to show that those choices that we were talking about, you know, using those and, you know, incorporating them into your life and helping others with that. So it is truly an inspiration to see that um, and, and just to to hear that. That's something that I, I didn't know. So, you know, just hearing that from you and just hearing that perspective and, you know, that context and everything, you know, it, it's starting to make a lot more sense. You know what I mean? And so. That that's amazing, and you know I'm so glad that you know you're you're just out here and you know helping people just through some of those situations that you experienced and helping others you know from that and stuff like that. So that that's awesome, and I guess that leads to my next question. You know, as you've actually no, not this question. Let me back up a little bit. So you know, you're obviously a huge man of faith. You know, you've been walking with the Lord for a while now and, you know, definitely been a man of purpose. Um, so what was that journey like in coming to Christ? You know, what what is like the story and what was that moment where you fully committed yourself to Christ? Uh, <laughs> that's a funny one. You know, 
I will not tell you that I ever wanted to be a preacher or never wanted to be a preacher or pastor or anything like that. You know, that was the farthest thing from my mind. You know, I just wanted to be a good guy that did the right things yeah. that because I know that, you know, one kind word can change a whole person's life. Yeah. One kind word, a kind gesture, helping someone at, at just the right moment can change that person's life forever. Makes determine whether they go good or whether they don't turn out so well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a responsibility we all need to look at and take very seriously. That's right. But I, my coming to the Lord was a, a journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I first knew the Lord was calling me to preach 12 years before I accepted. Yeah. You know, I completely <laughs> ran. I was like, no, Lord, you got the wrong one. You better go find somebody else because yeah. it's just not me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think when God decides that he wants to use us, we forget that that God want to use ordinary people. He's not looking for those as that's, you know, with no spot or wrinkle. You know, because God is the one that's going to take the spots out and going to smooth out the wrinkles. That's not for you anyway. So, you know, uh, but I was always like, you know, Lord, I, man, I do too many things. You know, I've got these things that and and there's no way, you know, that I can be that man. But when God finally revealed himself to me and I and I became to know God for myself. See, sometimes our worst situation, God can turn into our best situation. And and a lot of times we don't come to really know God until we're at our lowest, because it's until we're at our lowest that we will even stop long enough to hear God. As long as we're high and things are going good, man, we don't hear what God is telling us. It's when we're at our lowest point, when things are bad in our life, that we really hear what God has for us. And it was at my lowest point that I met God. And when I met God at my lowest point, I began to realize that the, the, just the, how good he was and, and, and how great it, it felt to be a part of, yeah. of him. And as I, um, when I finally recognized my calling, at, you know, it was I was with some other preachers and and we were having lunch. And all of a sudden, this homeless guy comes up and starts talking to me and he starts telling me things that I only spoken to God about. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this guy telling me these things? You know, what's going on? Yeah. You know, OK, is there a camera around here somewhere? <laughs> you know, Lord, what? what? But, but I knew I didn't tell anybody but the Lord. Yeah. And so he was talking to me, and and when he was done, I knew without a shadow of a doubt God had sent him. This was one of his angels that came to tell me to do what God told me to do. But even then, I was hard-headed, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, Lord, I'm still not going to do it. It's not happening. Yeah. And, and, and one night, I was I, I was asleep, and very shortly thereafter, I was asleep, and I had a dream that I died. I went to heaven. And, and and I met God at the gate and he told me, say, you know, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm like, Lord, I'm glad I made it in too. And he said, yeah, but did you do what I told you to do? And I said, yes, Lord, I did. I, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored. And he said, but did you do what I told you to do? And I said, well, Lord, and I started naming all the things I did. I sung in the choir. I was president of this group. I, I did marriage enrichment. I helped people find their, their way and all of these things. And he looked at me and he said, but did you do what I told you to do? And I said, well, Lord, wait a minute now. I know enough about you that if you're asking me a third time, what is it that I didn't do? 
And he said, preach. Mm-hmm. And I woke up. And from that day on, I was like, I'm going to preach. Mm-hmm. You know, no qualms. I'm going to give God what I have. It may not always be right. I may not even be right. I don't have a clue what I'm about to do. But I know if he called me, he's already made everything possible and given me what I need yeah. in order to do what he's called me to do. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of... Um, of how I met him. But a lot of it, you know, goes back to my background of where I came from and how I grew up going, you know, uh, joining the Boys and Girls Club at an early age. My mom and and grandmother being very devoted uh, women of God, having that foundation there, but, uh, but joining the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club where they don't hide their belief in God. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever read the Bible from cover to cover because they asked us to. It was one of the things we had to do. And so the, all of that played much into it. And, and I even tell people to this day, I, f- I feel that the Boys and Girls Club saved my life because without them being there at that time, you know, uh, I would have definitely chosen a different path. But all of that built up to that day that God called me and finally got my attention. And I decided, you know, I will work for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that kind of reminds me of this one. I I saw this one video was kind of given a perspective and it was kind of like what you were saying. You had that dream and you uh, you met the Lord at the gates and you know, you were telling him what you had done. And then he was, and then he was asking, but did you do what I told you to do? And I saw this one video and it was kind of given a perspective similar to that, where, um, it was this, I be, I think it was this, um, it was an accountant and, um, he was talking to God and he, and, you know, God was saying, Hey, he said, um, I'll just create a name. I don't remember the name of the person, but I'll just create a name. Hey, pastor pastor smith right hey pastor smith and the guy was like pastor what what do you mean i'm just an accountant and and god told him in the video god told him yeah but i called you to be a pastor see you were doing the you were doing the accounting for the church but if you had been a pastor the amount of lives that you could have impacted with your voice would have been so much more than with your hands and with you know, your, your skills yes. of counting and stuff. Yes. And so, and then uh, the second lady came in, uh, she was a mother of three, I believe, or something like that. And, you know, God asked her, you know, did you do what you were called to do? And she said, I don't know. I was just, I just tried to raise my kids the best way I could and stuff like that. And God said, you know, well done. Your kids went on to, you know, preach to millions right. and impact millions. And so it just kind of put in perspective for me how, you know, whether it's preaching, whether it's just being a a mother or whether it's just being a father or whatever, even if it's, you know, maybe even cleaning a school or something like that, yes. you know, when, when God has called you to do something and you, you know, listen to him and fulfill that purpose that he's placed in your life, you know, there's a lot of lives that could be impacted from that versus if you had just gone your own way. And it reminds me of the verse. I was reading Isaiah yesterday, Isaiah 55. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, we're told, you know, the Lord tells us through the prophet Isaiah, you know, my ways are higher than your ways, you know. And that just hit me because it was 
it's just true. You know, that that's a literal verse. God's ways are higher than our ways. We can't even come close. And so, you know, that that calling that he had placed in your life and, you know, you answering that call and just seeing, you know, the lives that have been impacted, you know, from from you and through, you know, God working through you and everything. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's just amazing to see. And it just goes to show how God is always right. Yes. You know, it, it may not seem like it. It may be like, well, how am I going to do this, God? You know, I got all these other, like you were saying, I got all these other things going on. All these flaws. Yeah. yeah all these flaws, all these, you know, the stuttering my voice word to Moses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But and I still speak Ebonics. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but God, God, like God is, God is going to make a way. God, God's just, he, he's always going to make a way. And it may not always be in the way that we imagined or thought or it's not always going to be, it's definitely not going to be easy, mm-hmm. but God is just, he can do so much more than what we ask and what we can even imagine. So it is such a blessing to hear about how, you know, how through his grace, he called you to, he, he called you to preach and by his grace, he is continuing to equip you to yes. be able to fulfill the call. So yes. that that's a blessing, you know, and it, it's definitely something I'm still praying on within my life as well. Um, I still have so many questions about, you know, like we were talking about it before, you know, the capacity of within ministry that mm-hmm. I'm seeking and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, you told me before we started recording, You'll know when you God will let you know. Oh yeah, God will let you know, and He'll so make it clear. He'll tell you exactly where to go, and and understand that yeah. we all have a very vital part because we're all a part of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Whether you're an eyelash or the eye, your mm-hmm. job is just as important. Yeah, because the eye can't function without the eyelash. That's right. Okay. There's there's all of us have a very important role. You know, from the fingernail to the toenail, we all yeah. have an important role here. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. You know, I don't have to be the heart. You know, I can be just the finger. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't have to be the eye. I can be the eyebrow. Yeah. You know, I don't have to hold uh, the, the, the main part of anything. I just have to uphold the part in which he gave me. That's right. And that, that, that's all that matters. And if I do that part to the best of my ability... God has it all in the control. He has the rest. And, and, and that's the beauty of it. Even, you know, sitting here today, I just praise God for the opportunity to be able to share uh, some of what God has already blessed us with. Because yeah. I feel like he definitely lined me up for what he had in future or in store for me. Like you were saying that his ways are higher than ours. One, we can't see around the corner. God knows what is around the corner, okay? He knows exactly what you're going to run into. He knows what you're going to do before you do it. The the key is, is will you follow him? Will you allow him to order your steps and then be bold enough Mm -hmm. to walk in the steps that God laid out for you? That's where it comes. Sometimes we we, will know that God is leading us this way, but then it takes courage. Yeah. To be able to walk in those footsteps. I mean, I mean, think about it like this. You're walking down a path. Mm-hmm. You know the path is safe, but you see the deadly lions on either side of that path. Yep. It takes courage to still walk on that path. 
even though you know they can't get to you on that path. They, it can be a cage. Yeah. It still takes courage to walk down that path, knowing that danger yep. is on both sides of it. And that's what I, I ask him every day. Lord, order my steps and then give me the courage mm-hmm. to walk in the steps that you ordered for me. Yeah. And, and it, it reminds me of that verse too. You know, a man's heart plans his course, but the Lord establishes his steps. Come on. And, you know, our, our steps have been established by the Lord. It's just up to us if we're going to walk through them or not. And like you were saying, you know, it's important to pray for courage as well. Yes. You know, I, I tell my brothers all the time, um, you know, when you, when you're, you're praying for something, it, God is not like this genie, like Aladdin, who's just immediately just going to snap all the time. And it's just going to immediately pop in front of you and all your answers and all your, everything's just going to, you know, be perfect and stuff like that. You know, sometimes when you ask for something, God is going to allow you to, excuse me, he's going to allow you to go through or experience a situation where that thing that you asked for is going to be required to get through it. Um, You know, like you were saying with the courage, um, you know, you're not going to know, you're not necessarily going to know if you're, if, if you're courageous in situations until you go through a situation right. to see, to you, you know, get into that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, that, that's just how God operates. And, um, yeah, that, that's awesome to hear. And, you know, just understanding and knowing that the Lord has established our steps and he's created that way. Um, he prepares us yeah. for what it is that he needs for us to do. You know, we yeah. will ask God for things, but God won't give you things before you prepare. Mm-hmm. You've heard that people that win the lottery that in five years yeah. are worse off than they were before they won it. Why? Because they were not prepared for yeah. it. They didn't know what to do. God prepares us for what it is he will have us to do. And so therefore, when God is preparing you, he needs you to go through some things. It reminds me of a story of a man that, you know, and I love to tell stories, you know, yeah. this from when I preach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a man that that w- w- had asked God for for the ability to be able to withstand a certain thing. And so he went to, he, 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 he decided that he was going to go to this cabin in the mountains and he was going to really get his mind together and get in tune with God. And so when he got there, there was this big rock and he felt like God told him to move the rock. So every day he was there for a month, he would go out and he would push on that rock. He would push that rock. And and he kept pushing the rock. And after a month, the rock, he had not been able to make the rock budge. And he went back and said, Lord, why did you keep telling me to push the rock? I never were able to move it. And the Lord says, I never told you to move the rock. Mm. I only told you to push the rock. Mm. I wanted you to push the rock for the purpose of strengthening you for what I have in store for you when you get back home. See, sometimes we miss the whole point of what God is. He's preparing us for greater things than we could ever imagine. He can do exceedingly more than we could ever imagine. He will exceed our expectations every time if we just yield to him and allow him to do what he does. A lot of times we want to get ahead of God. We want we want to be out in front of God. But I don't know about you, but man, I do not want to be in front of him. <laughs> I want to be behind him. Yeah. You know, God, you do the leading. 
Because if you're leading, I know I can't go wrong, you know. And so I, I just love that concept. And I have to apologize, but you know, I get into this interaction. Oh, thing no, it's all good. And, I, it's all and good. I was trying to wait on some questions, but you know, I get to interact, and you know, I come to church, <laughs> and I am not the quiet one. You know, I'm the amen guy back there in the back. Nah, yeah, now nah, this is all good. Yeah, it. He he's definitely the. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean. All good, man. Like I like I was saying, you know, I'm I'm all for it. You know, I'm learning so much about you, just uh, fellowshipping in the Lord, and you know everything. So this is a great conversation, and yet with that with that story too, uh, a lot of us we definitely do miss the point of what God is trying to show us, and it, it's one of those things where once you know it's revealed to you, or you know if, if God allows it to be revealed to you. You know, you it snaps in your head, and you're like, "Oh, okay, that's yes." The that's light what, bulb goes off. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what he was saying, and that that's a perfect you know story about how even if it's it's not moving, you're still being strengthened just because of the from a obvious like a physical standpoint. You know, when you're benching, you know, even if you're not when you get to that last rep and the your spotter is helping you lift it. That's still you're still, you know, doing something. You're still being strengthened in yes. that moment. Yes. And so, yeah, when you're in, you know, certain storms and things like that, if that if you're just stuck in it and, you know, it doesn't seem like anything's moving. You know, I, one of my I, I said this in the in my sermon last week too. one of my favorite verses in James uh, chapter two. You know, consider it pure joy when you face trials come of many on, kinds. Come on, you about to make me yeah. shout. <laughs> <laughs> My brothers and sisters, because yes. the, the testing of faith produces, you know, the testing of faith produces perseverance. Yes. And, you know, it, there, there's, you can, when you understand, not, not understand God, but when you know God and know that he's using these situations to help strengthen you and to help you build that perseverance and stuff, you can find it joyful because that one, that just shows that God cares. And I had a guy on here, um, RJ, a couple weeks, a few weeks ago, and something he said was that, you know, he, he could, he, he had like a sickness that he was going through back in December in the wintertime and stuff. And he said something like, um, you know, by him going through that, that helped show him that God really did care about him because once he got through that, you know, by the grace of the Lord, it produced a perseverance in him to where now he's able to go through different situations and he's able to look back and remember what God did for him in that moment. And, you know, just remember God yes. and remember yes. who Jesus is and yes. stuff like that. And so. Yeah, that that's awesome, and that story definitely, you know, epitomizes. The, I don't know if it epitomizes a word, but it, it definitely shows that, you know, that even though we may have an idea of how we want a situation to go, God is working behind the scenes and doing something in you that you didn't even yes. think was yes. capable of happening. Yes. See, and, so many times yeah. God has to break us down before he can use us. That's right. You know, we're no good the way we are. That's why the Bible says we're broken daily. Mm -hmm. And have you ever broken anything and it didn't hurt? No. Mm -hmm. So it's going to hurt when God starts yeah. to change you. I yeah. tell people all the time, if you are doing something and you're in a situation where you're wanting, you're thinking about this and you're talking to God and it just agrees with what you already said, you need to check yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Because when God starts telling you to do his will, it most of the time it does not agree with your thought process. Okay? It does not go over well. It doesn't go over easy. He, I mean, but God, just like you, you were talking about JR, the, the person, or RJ, I'm sorry. RJ, yeah. RJ, who you had on. I told you I messed things up, and but God always knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was talking about how he knew it was God that brought him through. See, sometimes we got to be taken to our lowest, mm-hmm. where it's not a shadow of a doubt that the only way you made it through was because of him. Nothing that you could have done, nothing you could have said, nothing you could have bought, nothing that, it, that you could in, in any way imagine that it was anybody else other than Jesus himself that lifted you. Yeah. You know, and that's where you really, I mean, that's why it's got to be sometime at the lowest. Like I told you, I met him for myself the very first time yeah. at one of the lowest points of my life. And I had to be at that because until I got there, I would have still thought that it was something I did, mm-hmm. you know, and God is still working miracles every day. Yeah. All you got to do is ask if you, you know, you have not cause you ask not. It says that in John it says anything asked of the father in my name shall be granted. If you do your part now, you got to do your part. Yeah. So I think too many times we we do get ourselves we get to thinking that it's not about him because we we will come through something and we think oh well you know I worked hard for that yeah but yeah. who gave you the strength to be able to work hard that's right who gave you the ability to be able to work hard mm-hmm. it only came from above yeah you know yeah you did your part but remember without him you wouldn't have a part yeah. And, you know, to add on to that, too, you know, something a little bit about me, it's the one of the things that I enjoy or one of the things I'm most grateful for in doing this podcast and, you know, getting into the ministry more, getting more opportunities to share the word, to preach and stuff like that is because and, um, you know, and a lot of the people that knew me while I was young, you know, I was really shy, didn't really you know, talk too much. And I was more like somebody who just let my actions do the talking for me. And that that's part of the reason why I, um, why I, we're talking about me wanting to play football. And part of the reason was cause I could just, the main reason was to be able to provide. Um, that was the biggest thing, but also to just be somebody who I don't have to trash talk. I can just let my play do the talking for me and that'll be my trash talk. Yes. Um, and so I didn't really talk much at all. Um, but now, you know, having this platform, um, being able to preach and stuff, the thing I find most joyful about it is because, you know, a lot of the people that knew me growing up that a, a lot of them did believe that I would be able to do something like this, but a lot of them were surprised as well. And so I I think the cool thing about it is that since it was something that was like my biggest weakness, just being able to speak and use my voice. Yes. You can't attribute it to anything other than God. Yes. And I I think that's the amazing thing about it is because, you know, now just doing all of this stuff, you can't it. It's just unexplainable. It's it's like the switch just flipped. But that's it. 
it's nothing that I did. Right. I, I didn't, I've never practiced. I've never, you know, done public speaking classes. I've never, yes. I didn't even really talk to too many people, you know, growing up. It's just God, you know, yes. all God. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can really relate to where you're, where you're at. Yeah. Growing up, I was very, very shy. I couldn't look a person in the eye when I talked to them. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, like I told you in our early childhood of, of losing everything, having nothing. I, I, my, my, the best pair of shoes that I wore to school had holes in the bottom of them. I put cardboard in the bottom of them, but on a rainy day, oh, if after yeah. the first, second step, your feet wet. And yeah. we walked to school. Wow. If you can imagine trying to learn with wet feet all day, it's a total different thing. So we didn't have, I can remember my mom coming to share lunch with me and my brother. My mom, lunch was a dime and my mom couldn't afford to pay you the dime. So me and wow. my brother shared my free lunch. Wow. Very embarrassing and very hurtful as a kid. So I didn't have a lot of uh, wanting to talk to people, but I let my actions speak for me. I would, yeah. you know, become good at things and and good at baseball, good at this, but still didn't have to talk to anybody. I could just yeah. be who I was. But I can remember what took me out of my shell. And I said earlier, if you can do one kind thing for a person, you never know what it'll do for them for the rest of their life. Yeah. I can remember being at the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club summer camp at Camp Walter Johnson in Denton, North Carolina. And there was a, a, a an officer for the Salvation Army. His name was Major Clay Saxer. Major Saxer was one that loved children, you know, uh, very good guy. And and I remember being at camp and we were canoeing. And, and we were out on this man-made lake, and we were out there canoeing. And I had my turn, and we had come back, you know, and everything. And we went out two guys at a time. Yep. And then there was these two guys that was out on the lake, and they got stuck next to this huge hornet's nest. So everybody was afraid they were going to get stung. So Major Saxer got in the boat, and he asked out of all these kids on the dock, he asked me to go out with him to help bring them in. Like me, really? <laughs> the kid that don't talk to nobody, the yeah. kid that don't have a lot to say, that's shy. You want me to go out there? He was like, "Yeah, come on, go with me." I went out. I got in the other boat, and the other kid got in his boat. So we both brought one boat back each. Mm-hmm. From that day on, it changed the whole outlook on my life. I never thought I was incapable. I never thought I was yep. inferable. You know, again, all of a sudden now I had this whole new outlook on life and I realized that I could do anything with the help of the Lord. Yeah. And the help of the right person. You never know whose life you're changing by giving a smile or by or, or, or just by saying something positive, it'll bring that kid out of a shell. Yeah. And you may find out that that kid that was in the shell is probably the next Billy Graham or, you know, he, he, he he's the next, you know, Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yeah. You know, he's he's that next Michael Jordan. You know, you never know those positive words and how they will impact a person's life. And don't get me wrong. It don't even have to be a child. It can be an adult. 
We seem to think that adults got it all worked out and they're all this and that. But that adult needs a kind word too. My brother, which I am his keeper, yeah. needs to know every now and then that I got his back. Yeah. And it changes how he sees things. It changes how he deals with his kids at home or how he treats his wife or how he becomes a very viable part of the church. You know, can change everything. So. Yeah, and... You know, to to that point too. Um, you know how even a smile could change somebody's life because maybe nobody's ever smiled at yes. them before. Um, you know, it reminds me. It there, there's a I don't I don't remember this verse verbatim, but to sort of like kind of summarize it, uh, and I'll put the verse in the in the video just so you know anybody who's listening, y'all can go ahead and read it. But it, to kind of summarize it, it's like a little bit of leaven, leaven's the whole batch of dough or something like that. I believe the Apostle Paul says it somewhere in Corinth, one of the Corinthians, I think I could be wrong. But I, I tell my brothers that all the time because, you know, the Bible talks of a mustard seed and how it can grow. And, you know, a, a, just a little act of kindness towards somebody can change everything. You know, um, you know, we see we see Jesus do it throughout the gospel, just him just doing the little things for people, you know, letting the children come. <clears throat> and who knows, they may have grown up and remembered that and they they grow up and have a faith because they remember. You know, I remember that guy, Jesus, who allowed us to go talk when some of his disciples or people that were around him were trying to push us away at first and stuff like that. So. That, that's so true. And I tell my brothers, too, you know, even though y'all are young, y'all don't realize the impact that y'all may have or who's looking up to you. Um, Michael. Yes. I so remember. True, so true. Yeah. I, um, Michael, he when he was in middle school, um, I remember there was one time he <laughs> it'll be funny when he hears this. There was one time where. Um, I think he was he was either playing basketball with my brothers or some of the other kids in the school and stuff like that. They were younger than him. And um, he he had had an attitude. But there was this young this young boy who was always looking up to him because Michael was on the basketball team. So the young boy he was in Michael was in middle school at the time. The young boy was in elementary school and uh, Michael had an attitude about something. And my mom, she. It wasn't that serious on the outside, but my mom took it serious to him because, you know, you Michael didn't realize that he had a little young boy that was looking up to him. Yes. So important. Yeah. And he looked up to Michael like a superhero. He was like, Michael's on the basketball team. I want to be on the basketball team. Mm -hmm. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, Michael, he's in middle school. He's so cool. Like this kid, like loved Michael and still does. You know, he even calls him sometimes still to this day. But, um. That just goes to show, I tell my brothers all the time, you know, even though y'all are young, you know, you you don't, you never know who's watching or you never yes. know who's looking. Yes, you know, come we on. We could be walking uptown just on the street and you could have an attitude with my dad or my mom. And then there's a young kid who's younger than you who sees that and they th- now think it's okay and they start having yes. an attitude with their yes. parents. Yes. And you will never know that you had that impact on right. them because you'll probably never see and them if, again. And if it's the wrong parent, you definitely won't see them again because their <laughs> parents going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, yeah. you pick up the wrong thing and take it home and it just doesn't fly at your yeah. house, you know. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we talk about being being <laughs> courageous. You know, I wear a bracelet on my arm that talks about Joshua 1 and 9. Be yes. strong and courageous. Yes. You know, for I am with you. Exactly. And we have to remember that, that God is always with us. Mm-hmm. And all we've got to do is, is realize that we're not walking this walk alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you talked about the faith. You know, it also talks about, see, a long time ago, I would, I, it hurt my feelings, to be honest with you, that I don't know the Bible where I can just quote a scripture and tell you what chapter, what verse. And uh, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. That's not where I'm at. But I had to understand that's not who God called me to be. Yeah. God called people to be scholars and he called people that have that kind of memory. That's not who I am. Yeah. But it took me a while to be able to accept that. Mm-hmm. But now I don't need to be that way because I know how to look it up. Thank yeah. God the Bible has a table of contents. And then you've got, <laughs> you know, you've got the Concordian and you got all kind of stuff that you can look up. And I'm not yeah. using terms right. My wife is probably going to look at this and going to cringe because she's <laughs> like, boy, I done told you, you just don't say things right. But I am who I'm who I am yeah. to the point that people do understand that because I am very real. Mm-hmm. I don't hide the fact that I can't, you know, pronounce certain things correctly or I don't use the right term, but I think everybody knows what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's what's important. You know, whether it comes out right, you know, we were talking about different languages earlier. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Gullah and and you know Geechee and and all those different languages where it's all English, but yeah. it, it's the way they use different terms. And you, as long as you understand what a person is saying, that's all that matters. One of the beautiful things about Jesus is he spoke to each person on their level. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were a farmer, he spoke to you as a farmer. If you were a fisherman, he spoke to you as a fisherman. If you was a carpenter, he spoke carpenter terms. He spoke to you on the level in which you were. He didn't try to make you be on his level. He met you where you are, and he'll meet us right now where we are. You know. And so when you were talking that Bible verse, I was like, man, I would really wish I knew what I could tell him, but I don't know. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay. Yeah. You know, because together we'll go in there later and we'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's the bottom line. You know, that mustard seed, that faith. You know, God talks about the faith the size of a mustard seed. If you've ever seen a mustard seed, they are so tiny. You just about, if you only got one in your hand, it will get lost. Okay. (laughs) Especially if you're dark like me, it will get lost. Okay. But you have got to realize that, that that's all the amount of faith that it takes Mm -hmm. because God puts everything else to it. That's right. He he brings the increase, baby. All you got to do, like you say, that mustard seed turns out to be so big. Why? Because God brings the increase. That's the kind of God we serve. He is so awesome. And I only use the term awesome when I'm talking about the Lord. Mm. You will not find me call anything or anybody else awesome. Only God himself. That's right. He, He is worthy. He is the only one who is worthy. And yeah, and um, you know, you know, going back to you and the the quoting scripture and stuff like that, I think it's I think it's I, I think it's 
kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, you know, making, you know, people feel, I think when you are authentic, you, people can really feel that. I, I think people for the most part have a common sense to where they're able to tell if somebody is being real or if somebody Mm -hmm. isn't. Yes. And, um, as most people now, um, not there's everybody. A, yeah, there's always one or two that's outside that <laughs> ram. Now, that's always that's always that one or two that yeah. wants to get hit by the bus instead of be on the bus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I because you know you can only be you can only be somebody you can only be fake for so long because it I forget which episode I was talking about it on, but um, you know not being authentic and trying to be somebody else day after day after day, it gets overwhelming. It becomes a burden. And, you know, the more people, the more people that are introduced to the person that's not you, that's more people that you're going to have to put on a, a mask for and put on a face for. And so, you know, that who God has created you to be when you can be that real person to people, I, I think they're able to sense that and they're able to feel that. And I, I've, I'd like to say most people would appreciate that as well. And that goes back to um, your messages and the sermons that God places on your heart to share. Um, Something I noticed about yours is that from beginning to end, you can feel that passion that you have and that love that you have for Praise God. Exactly. And, and, And you can feel that love that you have to share the word with others and to, you know, just help all of us, including yourself, build up that relationship with the Lord and to build up that that um, understanding of the word and things like that. Um, so kind of two a combination of two questions, you know, wh- how are you able to, well, I guess the passion, but I guess where, what, what helps you or when, when you're, when you're, messing this up okay when you're sharing your sermons when you're sharing the messages and stuff like that is this something that is you're thinking about you know the energy and stuff you know keeping the same energy throughout or is it just something that's natural and um i guess what is your advice to anybody who is searching for that preaching style because for me um and i think i was we were talking about this a little bit earlier um, I was interested to see how my preaching style would go. I didn't rehearse. Obviously, I went over the message, but I didn't rehearse how I was going to give it. I just wanted it to be as natural as possible. And so for me, like you were saying, I'm like a calm hype to where I am passionate about it. But I do have this calm demeanor yes. to myself. Yes. Um, there were some times where I was walking around and, you know, my voice did get a little higher. But towards the end, I kind of decompressed and calmed down a little bit more towards the end. Whereas with you, I get you know, you're, you're <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I guess my, my question to you is how are you able to um, keep that same passion from beginning to end in the messages that God has given you to share? Well, I look at, I look at preaching in a simple way. I look at preaching being different than teaching. Not that there's not some teaching in your preaching. Yeah. But preaching should inspire. 
And so when I'm writing or I'm preaching, I want to inspire you. I need you to feel the energy yeah. that I'm giving. And so I, I, I do that by basically keeping it as, as simplistic as possible and thinking, how would I want to hear this? Mm-hmm. What would make me grab onto it? And I, I was fortunate to have an, a, a, a great pastor who uh, had a doctorate and a whole lot of other things, and I have been pastoring for years. And he made made it very simple when it came to writing sermons. Yeah, he said, "You've if you think about it, and if you ever take any classes on public speaking, you hear these things. You have two minutes to grab a person's attention from the very beginning." Yeah. So one of the ways of doing that is your title. Mm-hmm. If your title is attractive, you know, like, for instance, if I had a title that says, I'm going to tell you the three things that God can't do. Wait a minute, what can't God do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, let me hear what he got to say. Yeah. You know, but basically my title has to grab you. Now I've got two minutes to lock you into what this title really means. And that is where I paint the picture. Mm-hmm. So I want to paint a picture to my title to make to, to get your interest, to get your mouth watering. Yeah. Say, wow, you know, wait a minute, I can feel where he's going. Yeah. And, and, and I use my energy to do that. And, and my energy is such, it's not something I practice. It's not something, even when I tell myself I'm going to be low key, <laughs> it just does not happen. Yeah. I mean, I have told myself, whatever you do, you're going to stay right here. That lasts long enough for me to tell you the title. And then that is out the window. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So you've got to accept who you are. But I think what what I do is I paint that picture and then I want to dive into my scripture. I want to. What is God telling us here? And and that's what a preacher's job is, is to disciple the word so that those that don't study know and get what God is trying to say. Yeah. And then after I do that, I want I, I then usually come in with what I call points or or things of emphasis. And, and I do that because I now want to tell you how do you apply this to your life? When I think of it like that, it kind of keeps me going. That's why it only gets like this. You know, uh, I'm painting a picture. I'm kind of calm. Now I'm telling you about what God is saying and I'm dictating. Now I'm telling you how to apply it to your life because you so you can kind of see how it leads me down a particular path of excitement. Because now I'm excited because now I can tell you, well, this is how you can take this and apply it to your life and make you a better person and make you that person that God always wanted you to be. So that's exciting within itself that I might be able to help someone through a storm that otherwise might get trapped in a storm. And that is exciting to me within itself. And, And I get excited when I get an opportunity to talk about the Lord because I know from with He brought me and I know God has no prospective person. So if he did it for me, he'll do it for you and you and everybody else. And that's the beauty of it. And I just, I I don't practice it. I have practiced things like getting in the mirror so I can see my expressions. Be like, boy, that didn't look right. (laughs) Mm, That didn't look good at all. Whatever you do, don't do that one. Yeah. 
But I've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. And a lot of reason I've gotten away from that is, hey, this is me. Mm-hmm. And I think people can feel who you are and they can they can feel the energy. And if you have a certain level of energy, trust me, th- it attracts things. Even those that don't even want to be attracted, they go, wow. You know, or maybe I, you know, okay. Should I clap? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those kind of things. And, and I love that because I love taking a person that, that is sitting there and look like they're uninterested and just hitting them with something that make them go, huh? You know, what, <laughs> what did he just say? You yeah. know, uh, but I like keeping it interesting. I think about what would keep me interested. Man, I, I'm just sitting here. I got to listen to you for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. What's going to keep me interested? You know, when I'm teaching, I, that's mainly I'm interested because if I wasn't interested, I wouldn't come to the class. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've got a different motive to why I'm there. But when it comes to preaching, what's going to keep me interested? What's going to keep that person excited about what you're doing? And that is, are you excited about it? When you read it, did it jump off the page to you? And that's what happens. I'm reading this and I'm going, wow, whoo, boy, there's a (laughs) nugget I didn't know. Just like I was telling someone the other day, I said, did you realize that I told you I get up every morning and I pray. I get I have a 3.30 morning that I get up and I go through my prayer and I conversate with the Lord. And some days I'm up the rest of the day. Other days I might get a chance to go back. It depends on what he wants to talk to me about. Mm-hmm. But did you realize that the Bible says that Jesus got up every morning before dawn and went to the Lord and prayed? Did you realize that he never prayed before he performed a miracle? If you look in the Bible, he only did it once. Jesus never prayed before he performed a miracle. When he fixed a man that, that couldn't walk, the blind man, when he raised him, when, when, when he went and he, he brought uh, uh, Jared, uh, the daughter back to life, he, he didn't pray before any of these miracles, except for when he called Lazarus from the grave. And if you read it, he says right there, I do this so that they will know that it's not me, but it's the father who has the power. That's the only reason he prayed. Because if you pray and ask God for what you need for today, he will order and lead your steps for you. And so it is so, and to be able to tell somebody a little nugget like that, that Jesus never prayed before he performed a miracle. Well, why didn't he? Because he prayed in first thing in the morning. I don't have to tell you to do it. All of a sudden you go, well, if it worked for Jesus, maybe it works for me. You know, you you see what I'm saying? Sometimes when I can teach you a little nugget Mm -hmm. in the Bible, there's so many great stories. I was telling you, the Bible is so full. It's the greatest reading that you're going to have. Why do you think it's the number one bestseller? And it's been that way for more years than anything. There's no other book that has outsold the Bible. Yeah. It's a bestseller. You can't find a better novel than the Bible. The stories that are in there will blow your mind. Yeah. You know, people being abused, people being used, people being taken advantage of, people being put into slavery, people finding a way out. Take somebody that was once a slave and now he's a king. Come on. 
best stories you're ever going to read. Yeah. And they real. That's what makes it even better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not fiction. It's not yeah. somebody making it up. Yeah. This is real. And it can happen to you. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it even better. Yeah. You know, that that yeah. break that puts the icing on the cake. <laughs> I don't just have to read about what happened to somebody else, but it can happen to me. Exactly. I tell you, that's enough to make you get excited, make you want to <laughs> shout and run around the table. I'm telling you, God is so good, man. It gets you hyped up, ready to go. Yeah. I'm excited about tomorrow. I know I'm preaching here tomorrow, man. I am so excited to be preaching tomorrow. I've got to preach here, and then I've got to preach at my church, but I am excited to be able to bring the word of God. I don't know what he's going to do, but I know he's going to do something. That's right. Yeah, he's always going to do something. And it, it it's a blessing to be his child. You know, I, I heard somebody say, you know, our biggest boasting point in life is that, you know, we're a child of the most high. We're mm-hmm. a child of God. And yes. that definitely is something to make you jump out. I remember in one of your sermons, you were talking about jumping out the car and running around the car. Yes, sir. So excited. Yes, sir. It definitely is something to be excited about. And, you know, I'm definitely excited to hear your hear uh, the message that God has put on your heart tomorrow to share. Um, you know, I know we're getting close to the end of the time here, but before we wrap up, just uh, if you could, you know, one word of advice to somebody who is experiencing some of the things that you've experienced in life and, you know, just give them a word of advice on, you know, what to look towards, how they can, who they can rely on and stuff like that. If you could give like one piece of advice to somebody who is experiencing some of the things that you've experienced, what would you tell that person? It may sound cliche in a way, but I would tell them to trust and believe, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter what you do if you believe in it. That's where it first starts. Yeah. You got to believe in it. And we believe in everything else. Why not believe in the one that created us? If you have the faith, the trust, and the belief, you know, everybody says coming to God is as easy as ABC. Accept him as your Lord and Savior and as him being the Lord believe that he sent his son to die on the cross. And on the third day he rose and confess Mm -hmm. that we're sinners saved by grace. And see, if you take that and just look at life in general is what do you accept in life? What do you believe in life? And what do you confess to be true? You know? So if I, I, I can't tell, I would say when you're going through, Know that you're not the only one that's going through. When the disciples was in the boat and the storm came up on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus was on the boat and they ran down and they woke him up and they said, Lord, do you not care that we perish? And he said, ye a little faith. But understand, they wasn't the only one on the Sea of Galilee. Mm Mm-hmm. There was others out there, too. Yeah. If you believe and have faith in God, and I have to say it that way. Yeah. Because, I'm sorry, you can believe. There's nothing better to put your trust in. Nothing better to believe in. When you're going through, just grab on to that 
that word that we call the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Real simple. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah. You can't get to New York if you've never been there. You need a road map. That's right. This is your road map to heaven. There's nothing that you will encounter in your life that the solution is not in there. So I so my 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 word that I would tell anybody, hold on and know that help is on the way. Know that if you put your trust and belief in anything, put it in God. Because once you, even in all the sales training, and I've been in sales 25 years, I've been a sales trainer, I've done stuff, I've helped write sales training manuals, all of that. But in all of it, it's still a matter of belief. Mm-hmm. Believe. So believe, if I can give you that one word when you're going through, believe that you can come out of it. Believe that there is a way out. Believe that there's someone that loves you. So the one word I would leave you with is believe. Believe in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Believe that he loves you more than you'll ever know. Believe that he loved you so much that he gave his life. So that you, he died our death so that we might live his life. Mm -hmm. I say believe. That's right. And Ladies and gentlemen, that is that is the gospel. And, you know, the, the gospel, Jesus, he came and lived his life. He was crucified, but he's resurrected. And that that's amazing. It's unbelievable how much love that he has for us. So, you know, thank you for for those words. Thank you for this whole episode. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You know, it's such a blessing. And I know, like I said at the beginning, I. I, I know that somebody's going to hear this and they're going to feel blessed by it. They're going to feel and they're just going to appreciate, you know, everything that was said. And, you know, just hopefully even somebody hears this who may not be a believer and they may, you know, take a look in the Bible. And like you were saying, the the roadmap to heaven and they'll be introduced to Jesus and stuff like that. And so, you know, I'm praying for. All of y'all who are listening, you know, thank y'all for for tuning in. If you've made it this far to the end of the episode, I appreciate you. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, If you're listening on any of the streaming platforms, that's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you hit the follow button. Make sure you leave a rating. Make sure you leave a review. Love to hear what y'all think about this episode. Love to... Love to hear what y'all think about each one of the other episodes that you've listened to, the podcast as a whole, different ideas, tips or anything, advice or anything like that, or even prayer requests, you know, just anything. I just appreciate that. And, you know, I'll definitely be praying for y'all. Definitely please be praying for me. Be Please be praying for Pastor Bernard as he continues his walk of faith and walk with the Lord. Um, If you're listening on or if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please subscribe Hit the like button, leave a comment, turn the uh, notification bell on so you could be notified when new episodes come out. Again, that'll just be greatly appreciated. And that'll help to put this platform into the eyes and ears of more people. And, you know, hopefully more people can be impacted by it. Um, I do feel like God is doing something special here. Yes. And, you know, he, he's doing something 
uh, like I said, doing something special here. So uh, if you could, that'll just be a greatly appreciated and a great help. And I, I, I do believe that a lot of people could be impacted by this episode. So please go ahead and share it with somebody and everything like that. Um, also, I have the reclassified.com. That's where I put some other blogs on there, just some things that the Lord has placed in my heart to write down on there. And, and just some things, you know, sometimes I read the Bible and I just have to share it with somebody. I, just, Amen. Yeah, Amen. I just, you know, you just can't keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, so kind of like what you were saying with some of the things you mentioned in your sermons and stuff like that. Um, so I, yeah, I have that on there. Uh, it's the reclassified.com. It's just this, uh, just a small ministry I started. Um, if y'all been listening to some of the other episodes, y'all know the inspiration behind that. Um, so go ahead and, you know, check that out. I hope it can bring you encouragement and hope it can bring you some, uh, knowledge of an understanding of the Bible as well and stuff like that. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. Um, I think that is everything, but yeah, once again, thank y'all all for listening. Thank you again, Pastor Bernard, thank you. for being here. It was truly a blessing to have you here. I appreciate it so much. And, you know, definitely going to be praying for you for your messages tomorrow. Yes, and, please. You know, I know that God is going to use you to speak, speak through you to everybody who listens. And, you know, I know it's going to speak to somebody. So, Amen. again, thank you again for being thank here. You. Again, thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next time. Peace out. Amen.